All right. What are we studying tonight? There we go, bearing fruit. Well, it's good to be back together. This is our first session in 2024. Praise God. How wonderful. I'm really excited with what I feel the Lord wants to do in each of our hearts in this season. And, and not just as we're coming to the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, but what the Lord has in store for us, because we're going to stay in Matthew. We're just going to jump a number of chapters to 24. We're going to go from 7 to 24. But those words of Jesus are going to be as relevant to us today as they were when he first spoke them. So let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And we'll look at this scripture together. Starting in verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Let's pray. Lord, this whole aspect of fruit is very important. Uh, we'll know people by the fruit that they produce, by the fruit of their words, by the fruit of their actions, by the fruit of their reactions, and by the fruit of attitudes. Uh, Lord, we'll even be able to discern solid teaching and not so good teaching by fruit that we can discern not only through words but through actions and lifestyle. So Lord, tonight would you grace us with a wonderful, again, consistent awareness of your presence. Jesus, you spoke these words and now we have the privilege and the joy of looking to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, looking into your word and asking your spirit to apply them to our hearts and lives so that we might be a little more changed into the likeness of the word of God made flesh in the person of Jesus. So Lord, again, I blow the shofar and ask that you would create space in our hearts and in our wills to receive from you tonight something that's in your heart that you want to share with us that we may become more like you.
Father, tune in our spiritual hearing that we can recognize your voice by your Spirit in a wonderful way. Grant that for each of us tonight, Lord. That's my prayer. Amen. Jesus told his disciples uh, to test spiritual leaders by looking at the fruit of their lives and the fruit of their teachings. And as his disciples today, he expects us to do the same thing. Uh, the fruit of a person's life might look good, but they may be teaching a doctrine that ultimately bears bad fruit rather than good fruit. And especially in the lives of their hearers, that's what God's concerned about. Likewise, they may be teaching sound doctrine, but the fruit of their personal life is just not in sync with their teaching. I want to just uh, share a little word of caution here, that in judging the doctrines or lives of others, we've got to be careful not to allow suspicion to take the place of spirit inspired discernment. I say that because during winter seasons, when there is no fruit to see, we can easily mistake a plant for something else, unless we are a horticulturalist expert. But we need to have the patience to wait for fruit to come forth, whether it's good fruit or not so good fruit. Because in time, wrong teaching produces its own fruit just as good teaching does. I think it's real easy for us to believe that our convictions, all of us, our convictions are the Lord's standards. I mean, that's why we believe them. We will hunt God on our side. But we might be tempted to really condemn those who do not agree with us. And this is happening, unfortunately, all throughout the country in these days. It's happening throughout the world. People disagreeing with one another and you are totally wrong, totally off. The Bible never instructs us to walk in the light of our own convictions. But to walk in the light of the Lord Jesus himself and the word of God as our standard. Let's all turn to John 15. This is probably the most pristine scripture, the most wonderful, revealing words of Jesus, talking about fruit and fruit bearing. John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide 
in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Friends, fruit bearing is the manifestation of an intimate relationship with the Lord. Intimacy results in new life. That's how humans are created. Out of an act of intimacy, new life is meant to come forth. So as we abide in Jesus in close communion with him, we cannot help but to bear good fruit, having been with the source of all fruit. And when our roots go deeply into him, we receive life-giving nourishment. And we cannot help but bear good fruit because naturally it will resemble him. But I want you to look again at verse 2. There's a phrase here that's kind of interesting. Verse 2, there's a phrase there that says, Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He takes away. Any other translations? Look there. He cuts off. That's interesting. What translation is that? NIV. You'll see why I do not like that translation. Uh, what else? Any others? All right. Anything else? Anybody else? That is excellent. Somehow he wrote that in the column because this is what it really means. When I in my natural reasoning thinks he takes away, we have the intention with, that's it. You're not bearing fruit, you're out of here. But that's not God. The Greek word for taken away is ahiro, which literally means to lift up or to take up from the earth. Now imagine a vine that has some branches that are low branches. In fact, they even start touching the ground. That's a bad place for a branch to be because fruit deteriorates the moment it starts touching the ground, especially in vineyards. Vine branches are easily weighed down because of rain, hail, wind. And because these branches are on the ground, they need extra care. Why? Because they cannot bear fruit while lying on the ground or in the mud. Now see Jesus in this. I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. The vine dresser sees a branch that's on the ground. He lifts the branch. He washes the branch off from the mud and the dirt. And he makes sure that it's going to stay up this time. So he takes a piece of string 
and has a way of tying it around the vine to make sure it won't go there again because already that branch connection is weakened by having been pulled down out of its proper place. He puts it back into its place, ties it up, and has it face the sun so that it can start producing good fruit. He takes it away from its place and puts it where it needs to be. Now, isn't that a much better picture of God than he cuts it off? That's not what God does. He's not that tyrant of a God who so many believe that he is. Branches are not cut off just because they're on the ground. They're lifted up and put back in their proper place. Isn't it great to know that when we go through winds of adversity, through a storm of a tough time, when we're not really bearing as much fruit as we could and I, we just feel we're slooping, that God sees that and he begins to look to lift us up out of the mud, wash us off, tie us to make sure we're secure you see, he puts us in a discipleship group. That's, that's part of the stream. You're supposed to laugh there. There we go. I was waiting for that. Had to be my wife. Glory to God. Yeah, this is exciting. I, I'm just so grateful to God if we take a deeper look than what the English says because taken away, it allows your mind to just go crazy. It's not taken away. It's lifted up or to take up. I want you to turn to Galatians 5. Now we're also going to see the beauty of what it is that the Holy Spirit has concerning fruit that he wants to unleash to us. He wants to impart his fruit to us. Verses 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to give you some good definitions of these fruits of the Spirit that are short, but they're good. Love. Doing what is good for another person, even if it's inconvenient, costly, or painful. Joy. A deep gladness in the heart, despite difficult circumstances. Peace. A serene state of the mind, void of anxiety. Long-suffering, patient, and bearing long with someone or a circumstance. Kindness, good, sweet, and gentle. Goodness, being good, doing good, and being generous. Faith or faithfulness, a continuing trust and confidence in God. Being dependable, loyal, and responsible. Gentleness, meekness, even-tempered, tranquil, with passions under control. And lastly, self-control. Restraining oneself and managed 
by God's Spirit. This is a description of a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit. And these traits should be evident in those who spend quality time in God's presence and those who are led by the Spirit rather than by the flesh. Our lives should reveal the life of God within us since He lives within us. He's wanting to be recognized by those around us. Our words should communicate His love and truth because we have love and truth within us. Our inner lives are revealed by our words. And Jesus said in Matthew 12 that the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Proverbs 10, 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. But for our words to give life, our hearts must be pure. We need to allow the Lord to touch the wounds in our souls that cause us to be easily defensive or angry. There's something that God wants to heal if that's our natural response too often. We can't afford to allow grievances or uh, wrongdoings or unforgiveness to really accumulate in our hearts because unforgiveness will contaminate God's fruit within us. But bearing fruit is connected to extending forgiveness because any contaminant within us will make its way out in some way through our words, our attitudes, our actions, or our reactions. Well, let's talk a little bit about the fruit of our words. Proverbs 10, 21 says, The words of the godly encourage many. Eight chapters later, Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So ask yourself today, do my lips feed others? Do my lips encourage others? When we fill our lives with God and with His Word, what we say will reflect His life within us. If we worship the Lord and commune with Him throughout the day, our conversations with others will contain an overflow of that life with God. What we are in private with God is communicated when we are out in public. We will increasingly speak the words of life if we've been with the source of life. Words that refresh, words that inspire, words that encourage. And our words should draw attention to the Lord and ultimately we'll end up glorifying Him. And if we will engage in the spiritual disciplines of solitude and silence, conversational prayer, and personal worship, we will grow to know God in greater ways that will deepen our peace and our joy. Well, let's talk a little bit about the pruning process. Jesus said every branch that bears fruit... He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Pruning is usually painful. It may take the shape of a closed door 
to perhaps our spiritual gift or gifts. It may be in a place where we've been serving and never recognized. Perhaps it's a weakness or a disease that ends up robbing us of energy and the ability to be able to serve others effectively. Whatever it might be, during these seasons of where something is being severed, the enemy may easily speak to us saying God is not pleased with us, so he's removing us from active service. Personally, I battled with this when we first came to the U.S. 12, 11 years ago. It wasn't until after about a year being here that it started coming to my mind, man, we're in Waco, Texas, because I blew it in Israel. That we're being punished and being set to Waco rather than the holy city, Jerusalem. But I had to see that in John 15, 2, Jesus was actually pleased with the fruit bearing that was taking place. But he pruned us in order to make us have more room for greater fruit in the next season. Because when we are pruned, our roots go deeper into Jesus as we seek answers and spiritual nourishment. And in a real way, it's an imposed rest from God. We end up pressing to him in a closer way. That's what should be our normal response. It's a time of separation to God from our ministry to others so that we're more available to him. When I think back on 11 years ago, and we just came up to our anniversary in December, I had some times of remembering how I just really felt. Here we had opportunities to share with the nations that would come up to, the, to Jerusalem. And now it, it went from the nations to one, my mom. And it was worth the narrowing so God could prune. God can prune. His purpose in pruning is so that we can ultimately bear more fruit of a better quality. Now the pruning season may be a time of refocusing or moving into a different or specialized areas of serving. Before we came here, we had no experience in ministering to senior adults. But God gave us three years training with my mom and with her mom. Little did we know that he had in store for us to have hundreds of them. He might be moving us from an excessive workload in order to put us in a position of a richer and a greater anointing. So let me encourage you, if you're in a pruning season right now, and I guarantee you, you will have several of them this year. God is faithful to look to snip. Ouch. But there's a divine plan behind that painful expression. Don't be discouraged. And don't be impatient 
to get out of it or to start new growth quickly. No, use this time to seek the Lord, to determine more firmly His plan for your life and to seek Him for guidance for your steps on a daily basis. That's what we had to do. We were staying at my mother's. Neither of us were working. I'm visiting with my mom a number of hours a day and returning home to my mother-in-law's house. So I had two moms to be with on a daily basis. That was ministry. A double mother blessing. Hmm. God knew that there would be a time when he was going to move us out of that and have us function in, a, in an atmosphere at Highland that could start fruit bearing. The Lord wants you to take heart. The next season that comes after the pruning, the fruit is better. It's deeper, it's richer, it's tastier. It's worth going through the pain of the snip to get the better fruit. I want us to look at some encouraging words from the Apostle Peter. Turn with me to 2 Peter. Just going to look at a few verses here, but I think Peter sums this up so beautifully. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us, it already has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. Verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective, or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Verse 10, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and your election in God sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Wow. The Holy Spirit is telling us to make every effort to add these qualities to our faith. To believe that God has a plan for me to, to grow 
in self-control, to grow in a knowledge of him, to grow in virtue, to grow in steadfastness, to grow in godliness and brother affection, brotherly affection and love. Make every effort to add these qualities to our faith. Why? Because these are fruit-bearing qualities that the Spirit has already placed within us. Now he wants it to grow out. Peter says, add to what God's given you. You know, today I think it's easy to be an ineffective, stagnant Christian. How do you get that way? Well, you become really satisfied with your current life. Satisfied with your spiritual development. Hmm. Friends, when you stop moving forward, we are moving backward. There is no marking time in the kingdom. We're either moving forward or we're moving backward. Peter said to make every effort to keep growing, keep moving forward. God has so much more for each of us than we have right now. And everyone said amen. Amen. God has so much more for you and I. So much more. Don't be content with what you have when God wants to grow it up and grow it out. Don't settle for less than what God has for you. God meets with those who seek Him diligently. May 2024 be a whole lot different than 2023. So in this new year, let's pray. God, give me more grace. I, I, Lord, I have some wisdom from you, but God, I'm longing for more wisdom. I've learned to pray, but I want to pray better, and I want to pray more. Holy Spirit, help me to make every effort to grow and to add to what you've already given me. The other day, <coughs> I came across a little phrase from 2 Samuel 14. I think there was, <coughs> I, I felt the Lord say, this is for tonight. In 2 Samuel 14, there's a phrase that says, Then the priest said to the people, Draw near to God right here. Let us draw near to God right here. What a great way to start a new year. And we not only have a priest... The priest said to the people. Hebrews 10 says, Since we have such a great high priest over the entire house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let's allow our great high priest Jesus to cleanse us this evening from all the failures, all the disappointments from 2023. We may need to maybe in part of that cleansing confess something that Holy Spirit might bring to us. 
some sin or some habit, some attribute, some complaining. And let's beg the Holy Spirit to empower us to walk in newness of life from today onward. We're right at the front of a whole new year. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and all just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I felt the Lord would say to all of us, let's be fruitful this year, not barren. So I felt the Lord say that I'm to give you an invitation to turn your chair into an altar tonight. Or to come up to this altar and be with your God. We didn't have an opportunity to do that on New Year's Eve at Highland. But we're still into the week. We're still into the week. And my prayer is that our Father in Heaven would inspire each of us by His Holy Spirit to keep pressing forward all throughout this year. I pray that we be so much more fruitful in 2024 than last year or any other year in our past. If we can believe for it. I'm believing for the best year of my life. 77th year is going to be the best year. I, and if I don't believe it, you think I'll ever get it? No. Faith comes by hearing. I felt the Lord was challenging me to this, and I'm saying yes to his challenge. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity to seek the Lord together. Lord, in Samuel, that priest said, let us draw near to God right here. And Jesus, you're not just a priest. You're the high, great priest of God. And also, the exhortation is, let us draw near. That was old covenant with the priest in Samuel. This is our king, our high priest. With a sincere heart to want to meet with God. Lord, I pray that you be sprinkling our hearts from an evil conscience, the way in which Something has gone wrong. God, this is a night to get it right with God. And wash our bodies, members of our body that we've used as instruments of unrighteousness in 2023. God, this is a new year. We're not making a new year resolution. We're making a God kingdom resolution. We want more of you. We want you to get more of us. So, Lord, I pray that you do business with each of us as we draw to our knees for some minutes of being with our King. Come now, Lord, and lead each one of us as a son, as a daughter of the Most High God. You're free to move from sitting to a holy posture of kneeling before God if you can. If you can't, I would encourage you to maybe lie down 
prostrate before the Lord. If you fall asleep, we will wake you up. But this morning, we had our staff here. And we were encouraged to have a fresh consecration to God for 2024. And we had staff members on our knees at the altar, and it was a holy time of fresh consecration. And I just felt, man, if we did that as staff, we can do that as, as brothers and sisters here tonight. So follow the lead of the Spirit right now, and let's do business with our Father in the power of His Holy Spirit. Amen.